If there is one universal fact in this world, it is that I cannot control my... It's been a while. Well, it's not been that long. I mean, to you, this probably seemed fairly quick. But to me, um, it seemed quite a while because the way I'm structuring um, podcasts and such now means that I don't actually record as often as I used to do. I record a couple at a time and and gradually put them out. It has helped me control the stem of podcasting. It's helped me control the... uh, the structure of the schedule made it easier to find guests and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a real good improvement. But for you guys, there's been not much, been much different. So I have been up to many things in the last uh, month or so, um, which we're going to talk about. So last week, obviously, I had Dan Brown on the podcast. Dan and I talked about we talked about lots of things. We talked about lots of uh, project-based things and how he manages his projects. And I talked about how. I manage my products, and that's something which I do a lot, as you guys know. I I don't I don't really stop. I just keep going and going and going. And in a way, I do that so I don't have time in between. It's not that I'm scared of time in between doing nothing, but it it doesn't make me happy doing nothing at all. It's just it's just like a void, and I kind of sit there. The other weekend, for instance, I sat and I watched a film, a couple of films over the weekend, and I spent all day in front of the TV. I was doing stuff while I was doing it. I was doing a, a few sketches and bits, but I felt like I'd wasted the day, and that depressed me more than anything else. That You know, that that got to me, and, and so I try to avoid that as much as I can. Um, so, for instance, this weekend, I did lots of drawing again, um, and went out of my way to try and create artwork and bits and bobs like that. But I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how I I essentially cocoon myself when I create. I always say you can take the the sixteen year old away from a person, but you can't really. You 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 can't. I mean, I, I did a whole thing about this uh, in a previous podcast where I said that you aren't your younger self because it's very hard to get over that in inward like inward visual perception of yourself. For instance, I don't see me like as you see me. You see a, a 29-year-old man. I don't. I see a 13 to 16-year-old boy in the back of my head. So I don't understand sometimes how people react to me like I'm an adult. Because internally, I don't feel like an adult. Uh, despite, you know, having a, a full-time job and, and responsibilities and things like that. Um, my dad always said that if I had a child, that would change. But there's a very slim chance of that happening. So anyway, what was I saying? So I cocoon myself. You know, um, I do things like I put my headphones on, I grab a sketchbook, and I just sit and draw. And, and that's what I've done ever since I was a teen, because it blocks out the world. It gives me something to focus on, and it gives me this nice little comforting area where I can do whatever the hell I want to do, and I can just let ideas flow. Um, and that was very much the case this weekend. So this weekend I was basically... I'd set myself a challenge. Well, I hadn't set myself a challenge. I'd ended up with a challenge because of my poor planning, <laughs> which is surprising because I'm usually well fun. Um, I ended up with, uh, with, with a bit of a challenge because a friend of mine is running an exhibition in London. Um, I ran, I ran, I participated in an exhibition she's run before called Atrimental, 
where I submitted some work and uh, it went down to London. Thankfully, a couple of people bought it. I don't know who bought that work. And that concerns me. There's someone out there who has two of my um, two of my paintings. I don't know what they're going to do with them. I'd like to know. It's a little weird. But either way, um, they're putting on this exhibition. Deadline for it was Monday. Um, so I basically had the weekend to come up with an idea which fit the theme. The theme was FUBAR, uh, fucked up beyond all recognition, and submit that theme. Now, I was struggling. And it's because I ended up in this cycle, and this it's a thought cycle which I'll discuss at another time, but where everything is obvious, so creating artwork just seems pointless. Um, because I'm, I'm coming up with an idea and going, no, that's really obvious, and, and everyone would do that, and, and it's just, it's really on the nose, it's a bit, and that and thus makes it a bit childish, and and angsty, and blah, 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 basically just belittling my own work, which is something which I'm not a fan of. Um, I eventually did come up with an idea at 4am on uh, Monday morning, which is an unusual time for me, because I work night shift, but I digress. So that was... That was that. Um, but the way I did it was basically just isolating myself in my house, um, working on ideas, allowing myself to ingest different media and different uh, inspiration points in order to fulfill an idea. And eventually the idea came from something I'd done previously in Null Point, um, a piece of work I'd submitted, and I, I kind of expanded on that idea. But I, I I looked around once I'd done it and looked at the the cacophony of mistake and 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 mess which I'd made in order to do it. You know, I'd got spray cans in the front room, I'd got uh, canvases just kind of flung around because I'd started them and then decided they weren't good enough, so I just rejected them, and put them to the side, and I'll eventually either burn them or paint paint emulsion over them. Um, and in my living room, my floor was just covered in paper and pencils and pencil shavings. Because at the time I didn't have a, a bin close enough, so I just sharpened them onto the floor. Don't tell my mother that. But I cocooned. You know, I'd made a space. I'd made a safe space for myself. A space which I could create in, which wasn't going to be interrupted by anyone else. A space where there wasn't a boundary between what I was doing and the room I was in. I mean, you've seen this desk. Uh, if you've watched the video, um, you've seen this parts of this room. This room is a mess. This is a room is a mess intentionally, though, because if this was nice and neat and everything was confined, it would feel weird to create. I don't understand. It's it's one thing of like I can't understand a lot of graphic designers who create in. I always have a go at graphic designers um, who who create in in white spaces. You know, they have the MacBook. And the drawing board, and they have their assembled pencils and architects. Oh my god, I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. I know it's how they work, and I know it's a part of their, their, their process. But I need clutter. I need mess. You know, if, if I look at my desk right now, I've got my council tax bill. I've got pen markers. I've got some sort of clay head. Uh, what else? Have we got? I've got a book from a book launch which I went to the other night, which was fantastic. Go buy it. It's uh, it's Melly M. Clark's The Devil Rides to Doncaster, Melody M. Clark's. Uh, you know, I like clutter. 
and I, I like stuff in easy accessibility. This was the whole point of my, my cocoon, which I'd made, was that I needed some space where I could just, just have things within reach, and it didn't matter if they were on display, and it didn't matter if they were nice and neat. I just have a pile of pencils, and then a, a pile of paint, and and then me just sat in the middle like some sort of weird little gremlin trying to create art. At a point. Let's get to that point. So why do I mention this? So I mention this because in the past couple of months or so, I've had a few opportunities to go to events, for instance, like this event. Um, see, that was just something falling over then. Um, where I've had to force myself out of my out of my bed. Not out of my bed, out of my house. You know, I'm not catatonic. Um, and get myself out there. And go do things. And it's the same with kind of dates or uh, meetings and business meetings. There's a level of, I need to encourage myself to leave my house. And for some people, this is quite strange because they're very social creatures. You know, the whole idea of locking yourself away uh, doesn't appeal to a lot of people. Whereas I know I can spend a lot of time alone and I will be fine. Because I do. And it's very comforting. And some people can't understand it. And I've done it ever since I was a kid. Prepare for story time. So as a child, I was one of those people who I had a very close car friend group. I never really figured out where I fitted into that car friend group. Um, but I'd have close friends and I'd have individual best friends. Um, and it would all be fine. You know, you'd hang out at school. You'd hang out. Individual friends' houses, but when it came to group dynamics, I was always a bit cagey, always. Um, to the point where friends would come and call for me. If you don't know what that means, it means they, they pop around and go, "Can you come out and play?" Um, as as we did back in the day, um, and they come and call for me, and I'd essentially refuse. Which may sound strange because these are my friends, these are my close friends, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go out of my house. I didn't want to go do whatever they were doing, you know. And it wasn't that I disliked them as people. It wasn't dis- that I disliked the activity. Some of the things they did, I kind of at times I'd later on regret not going and doing because I wasn't part of that story. I wasn't part of that that experience, and therefore I didn't share the in jokes. I didn't. Um, and have that that connection with them, but it was part of me kind of just controlling my life, especially at a time when I felt extremely insecure um, and did suffer some bullying. But it's weird, like there was this, this this connection; they were out there to go, and and then eventually they stopped calling, as happens with friends. You know, you have to put it has to be that give and take. This is something I've I've learned over time, um, and something I, I definitely make um, strides in in trying to help and talk to people and 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 when my own friends I always reach out to them if I feel like I haven't contacted them in a while just to say hello um, see how they're doing um, and that's something that's a huge change for me that's that was that was something which I, I kind of I had to develop over time and learn from my mistakes and in now as an adult or as a so-called adult there's very much a level of that as well. You know, I went to a networking event 
a couple of months ago now. Um, I'd said I'd go. Uh, the guy who's running it, I'd spoken to, and he's, he asked me to go, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pop along. It got to the day, and my brain just went, no. We don't want to do this. First off, you're going alone. So that's that's awkward. But then that's the point, because networking event. Secondly, you don't know anyone there. Again, networking event, that's the whole point. And I essentially had to flick a switch in my head and run on autopilot. And I'll talk about that another time as well. But I really had to force myself out of my house. I really had to convince myself that I was going to go to this thing and it was going to be okay. And the anxiety of it all kind of overwhelmed me. But I went and I find it, and it was nice. You know, met some lovely people, met some business cards and whatnot, and that's that's how Dan ended up on my show. Actually, I, I ran into him and I'd known him previously, but I'd never really spoken to him. Um, and we decided, yeah, you know, hell, come on, come on the show. But I got thinking in terms of how someone who wants you to go to something. You know, if you have friends and you have relations who who exhibit this kind of behavior, like myself, like my friends, I remember distinctly someone saying, we'll not call for Graham, or we're going to go do this, Graham, do you want to come? Um, and I said, no, you, just, you can call for me on the day. And they said, I'll probably not do that because you never come out. That was them giving up. That was them going, no, we don't know how to get you out of your cubbyhole. You know, we don't know how to to extract you from your house. And that is completely fair for them. That is completely fair as children to go, no, we, we, we said, you know, 20 times or so, do you want to come out? And I every time when I, you know, no, I'm not feeling it. I got this one, made some excuse of. Which is completely reasonable. And it is reasonable to do that as an adult as well, by the way. If you call for someone... Or, or try and get in contact with someone so many times and they always blow you off. There's there's no point in exploring that. If the, if you don't know how to get them out, you may as well just check on them every so often. Say, hey, you doing good? Yeah, cool. Don't worry about it. Um, it's up to them to make that leap to push out. But I was trying to think of a way to explain how they can do more to help you, in a sense. And... There was a phrase I saw online which I thought was fantastic. And it was, I'm not ignoring what you're interested in. It's not that I don't want to come. It's not that I don't like you as a person and I don't want to hang out with you. It's just that you're competing with my comfort zone. And I thought that was brilliant. you know. And that is the truth of it. That is the truth of any person ever is that if you are competing with somebody's comfort zone, you are going to have so much more of a hard battle. And the challenge of that, obviously, is that everyone's comfort zone is different. For instance, some people really enjoy being out, really being enjoy around being people. That is their comfort zone. For me, my comfort zone is in my goddamn house. It is creating, it is consuming art and creation and and allowing myself down that rabbit hole that is a that is a comforting place for me to be at the end of my tether and i don't know why that is just the way i live um 
so you're essentially competing that. And I know for a lot of introverted people, the comfort zone is a fortress. It is a an absolute fortress of no, I don't want to go here. I like here because it's it's controlled. It's it's you know it's my world. Everything's okay. I don't have any anxieties because I'm in my own little space. So I was trying to think how essentially how you can get to introverts, <laughs> how you can contact them and go, no, you know, we'll do this. And that that that's a big question. And it's not that I want to trick introverts. It's just that I think to develop as a person, you have to push yourself. Like going to this networking event, which I went to. I'd never been to one before. I don't, I don't like doing things like that. But I wanted to go to it. And I will probably do it again because I think it's important for me to do that and develop as I go along. And it's the same with my job. You know, it involves a lot of public speaking. It's something which I had to learn over time, um, getting to know people, managing people, blah, 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 blah. So there's skills which you develop. And if you can develop in your own time with your friends, you'll be much more likely to develop as a whole and you're not forced to by your job or circumstance and you can do it in your own time. So here's my tips for getting people out of their comfort zone. So let's say, hypothetically, you have an event you want to put on. I have an event I want to put on. I'm going to put an event on, hopefully. Things, the planets align and things, I'm going to put, hopefully put an event on. Um, what was I saying? Yes, so you're going to put in a hypothetical event. And you have a group of friends and you think, these are the, you know, I've got, I've got the top 20, top 10, top 20 people who will want to attend this event, who will come to this event regardless of how they're feeling, regardless of what they have on, because those friends are friends who want to come support and will be comfortable doing that. You also have five or six friends who will want to come and support but will struggle to attend an event for one reason or another. How can you help those five or six people? Well, first off, you can encourage them, you know, you can give them as much information about the event as possible. This is something which is extremely valuable to me when I go to any event. This is what a problem which I actually face with restaurants is every restaurant has a different system for ordering food and paying for food, basically, because you don't know the order of things are going to come. And it's a minor anxiety, but it's an anxiety. Um, you know, you, you walk in, let's say you walk into Harvester. Harvester is a, a chain brand in the UK. You walk into Harvester, you wait to be seated. You, they take you to your table. They explain the menu. Then there's an open, uh, an all-you-can-eat salad bar sort of thing. Um, and they bring you food. Then they bring you a dessert menu. Dessert menu separate. And then you ask for the bill. And all drinks are served at your table. That's Harvester. Okay, simple, straightforward. You go to Handmade Burger, which is a little again another chain restaurant. Um, you go in, you wait to be seated. You go to the bar to order. You don't order at your table. That's that's a different system. And then you know you don't pay later because obviously you've already paid. Um, you can still get table service if you want. You have to request it. Um, then there's there's pubs, just general pubs. You go in, you claim a table. You don't wait to be seated. You claim a table, and you go to the, the bar to order food and drinks. You carry it all to your table yourself. There's all these different systems. So when I approach a restaurant, I like to know what the system is. 
even if it's just a little sign which says wait to be seated i know that there's a, there's comfort in knowledge essentially so for when you plan an event that's something which anyone who struggles to go to events needs they need as much information about possible they want to know what time it starts they want to know what time it ends they want to know what kind of going to happen obviously you don't have to give the game away entirely by saying this is this going to be this this and this but they want to have some semblance of there's going to be structure to it that they can adhere to so if that structure deviates they can leave if they go uncomfortable that's 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 point one point two put people they know there this is a, a huge one obviously if you've got them coming to an event where they're not going to know anyone that's going to be a struggle but if you're going to invite a person who doesn't want to leave their comfort zone to an event, having someone they know there is hugely important, even if it's just one person. And then you inform that person. You say, hey, so-and-so is coming to this event. They may be a little a little nervous about it all. Do me a favor. Uh, keep an eye on them. You know? If you see him, see him looking a bit nervous, see him looking a bit shy, drop over to him. And, and, and it's that simple. It's that it's that simple of lending that little bit of support of not getting distracted. Obviously, if you're a vent, you're going to be doing a lot of things. So having a person there to kind of chaperone is great. Also encourage them to bring a friend. If they can bring someone they want to bring, that's even better because it's it's it creates that it's that it it it's essentially what you're doing is you're you're micro recreating their own comfort zone from their home they will likely bring someone they would invite to their home because that is comforting and that is part of their home give them something to do that's another point have an event or an action which they can do uh, you know it's oh, we're going we're going to go we're going to go to this uh, this lecture and, and things going to be great uh it's it's got a participatory uh, section you can you can you know you can write something and participate and, and blah, blah, blah blah that you know it takes your mind off something it keeps your hands busy it gives you all these things because you're not this is the thing you're not competing with their interest in the subject matter you're not competing with how they feel about you as a person or their environment they you all you're competing with is their space at home you know, you're inviting me on a night out drinking. Fair enough. I enjoy a good a drink. I enjoy a night out. I enjoy talking to people. What I don't enjoy is the uncomfortableness of being in nightclubs and bars when it's loud and there's people just everywhere. I hate that. So you're essentially com- competing now with a space in my house where I don't have to be around noise and people. So your conversation and the entertainment around me is going to have to outweigh that. Until the drink kicks in, and then I've had, you know, I'll be up on stage dancing. I don't dance. Scratch that from the record. This is, you know, this is the thing. You have to balance it to alleviate it. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to adhere all your events to me. It doesn't matter if I go to your events, because I'm a nobody. That's that's the reality of this. But your friends, the people you care about, they're important. Their comfort is important as much as your events are important. Obviously, if your event is to make people uncomfortable, then fair enough. That's that, you know that's your progress. But if you want people to come to your birthday, you want people to come to um, your, your kind of whatever you're putting on wedding. I don't know, maybe you get married. You want want people to go to your your your, your show, your exhibition. You've just got to make people comfortable. You got to give them that little bit of structure. You got to give them that little bit of space so they know that leaving their comfort zone, leaving their house will be worth it. Maybe that's just me. 
I feel like I end this com- this the podcast at the same each time. Uh, maybe that's just me. Because maybe these are. These are just thoughts. That's all these podcasts are. These individual ones. They're just thoughts which I've had. And I kind of try and sit and explain. And I like hearing whether you agree. I like hearing whether it's something which you, you do yourself. Uh, I have the same on this one. Maybe you got any tips for dragging people out of their comfort zones. But all you can do is support and spread that information. We'll see what you guys think. And I'll talk to you guys later.